Hi everyone, welcome to 10 Minute Workday Zen, the podcast about trying to bring a little calm into the chaos of our day-to-day. Every episode, we read through a Zen cone or other teaching and talk about how the lessons we learn can be applied to our lives. I'm your host, Chris Aiken, and today we'll be talking about the true meaning of being devoted to your beliefs. Today's cone is Publishing the Sutras. Tetsuyan, a devotee of Zen in Japan, decided to publish the sutras, which at that time were available only in Chinese. The books were to be printed with wood blocks in an edition of 7,000 copies, a tremendous undertaking. Tetsuyan began by traveling and collecting donations for this purpose. A few sympathizers would give a hundred pieces of gold, but most of the time he received only small coins. He thanked each donor with equal gratitude, and after ten years Tetsuyan had enough money to begin his task. It happened that at that time the Yuji River overflowed. Famine followed. Tetsuyan took the funds he had collected for the books and spent them to save others from starvation. Then he began again his work of collecting. Several years afterwards, an epidemic spread over the country. Tetsuyan again gave away what he had collected to help his people. For a third time, he started his work, and after 20 years, his wish was fulfilled. The printing blocks which produced the first edition of sutras can be seen today in the Opaku Monastery in Kyoto. The Japanese tell their children that Tetsuyan made three sets of sutras, and that the first two invisible sets surpass even the last. To begin to understand the importance of this story and the lessons it shares with us, I want to start by talking about Zen and the sutras specifically. The idea of finding enlightenment through studying Zen Buddhism is that a master helps the student come to realize truth and wisdom through meditation and self-study. The master provides lessons, such as the cones we talk about on this podcast, and the student ponders their meaning until they come to a significant insight. In this way, it's said that enlightenment is passed on through transmission rather than through scripture. That being said, Zen has a long history of fantastic writing, stories, and literature that's meant to aid in this transmission in one way or another. Thus, in Zen, the writings are a means to finding truth and not the truth themselves. The sutras that are most influential in Zen are the Lakavarta Sutra, which teaches the doctrine of the One Vehicle. It asserts that all the objects of the world and the names and forms of experience are just manifestations of the mind. A great quote from this sutra reads, There are four things by the fulfilling of which an earnest disciple may gain self-realization of noble wisdom and become a bodhisattva. First, he must have a clear understanding that all things are only manifestations of the mind itself. Second, he must discard the notion of birth, abiding, and disappearance. Third, he must clearly understand the egolessness of both things and persons. I think that quote sums it up pretty nicely. Next, the Diamond Sutra teaches four main principles. The idea of anatman, or non-self, the emptiness of all things, the liberation of beings without attachment, and spreading the teachings of the sutra itself. The four points have been described as giving without attachment to self, liberating beings without notions of self and other, living without attachment, and cultivating without attainment. Third, the Vimalakirti Sutra is a Bodhavacana, which is a text that is accepted as the teaching of the Buddha without claiming to be the actual words of the Buddha himself. In contrast, the other sutras we're briefing are meant to be the actual words of the Buddha. These teachings are unique as well because the sutra takes into account the importance of laymen or non-priest practitioners and women as being people capable of reaching enlightenment. A lot of the other sutras or teachings don't necessarily make that distinction. So basically, it's a very inclusive, non-discriminatory text in an age where this wasn't the common practice. One of the big focuses is on silence as a means of understanding, which takes the most obvious form of silent meditation. 
Finally, we have the Avadamsaka Sutra, which breaks down the path to Buddhahood as a ten-stage process that a given bodhisattva has to follow to reach ultimate enlightenment. It also focuses on the interdependency of all things. Between these four sutras, there are dozens upon dozens of chapters of teachings, so what I'm going to do is kind of break it down into the five main points that I find when I review these. So if we take these four major sutras into account, we can sum up the teachings of Zen Buddhism as one, nothing is real and everything is in your mind, two, everything is interconnected, three, actions should be completed without attachment to self, four, gaining and sharing wisdom is its own reward, and lastly, to hear the wisdom of the universe, you have to first quiet the self. If we circle back to our cone, our main protagonist, Tetsuyan, we see that his efforts to publish the sutras supports his faith in a couple different ways. By raising the money using only donations, he's spreading the word of his task and exploring the interconnectivity of his world. You might recall just now that we said the Diamond Sutra says that one of the things you should be doing to find enlightenment is spreading the word of the Diamond Sutra. So just by talking about what he's attempting to do, he's already spreading the word. Ten years into his collections, though, the Uji River overflows, and Tetsuyan spends all of his gained funds in order to save the lives of others. After another few years, he uses the money again to help his people recover from some terrible disease. They don't really say, but I'm sure it was terrible. In both cases, he's performing actions that are entirely selfless. If Tetsuyan were to just stick to his task of publishing the sutras, he would actually be ignoring the very faith and doctrines and enlightenment that he's attempting to share with others. He would be doing a very selfish thing by continuing on his task and ignoring the needs of the others. And then finally, after another two decades, he finally has the cash to print the sutras, and this time, no catastrophes stop him from doing it. He finally manages to share the wisdom he's gained with the world. Now, because Zen is all about Satori, or experiencing the world and finding enlightenment through practice, Every one of these major decisions, the first decision to help his people recover from famine, the second decision to help his people recover from disease, and finally the third decision that since nothing else was terribly going wrong to actually publish the sutras, this is why Tetsuyan's three printed sutra sets are finally remembered, because every decision he made was an affirmation of his faith. It would be really easy to look at this story and say that Tetsuyan had basically failed in his initial task to publish the sutras, that he had actually wavered from the path he was supposed to follow, which was to spread his faith. But in reality, what he was doing was practicing his faith to the best of his ability. I think this is where people tend to go a little bit wrong when they start looking at the spreading of their religious beliefs or their faith or their spirituality as being the main reason for why they're practicing it to begin with. What's the point? in having this great faith if you're not using it to make yourself a better person. If all you're doing is spreading the word, what's the word actually doing for you? It's not doing anything. In my opinion, it's using the lessons that you learn from your faith, your spirituality, the Zen cones, the Bible, whatever it is you follow, it's using the lessons that you learn to make the world a better place. And as much as we want to believe that if everyone thought like us and believed the same thing and went to the same church, that the world would be a better place, the reality is that's not necessarily true. There's a lot of variety, a lot of spice in this life, and it's not our duty to extinguish everything that's different from what we are. It's our duty to make our lives matter, to make our lives mean something and to do as much good as we can. Sometimes that's an incredibly hard thing to do. Sometimes it's even an incredibly hard thing to remember, but we need to be striving to do it anyway. 
We need to be practicing our faith rather than just talking about it. Every day we do some homework. Your homework today is to practice 10 minutes of quiet meditation. Nothing complex, just 10 minutes of quietly allowing yourself to zone out and lose yourself in non-thought. This does not have to be a religious practice. If whatever your faith is doesn't include meditation, okay, do it anyway. All I'm saying is sit down, shut up, and let yourself relax and just think happy thoughts or think no thoughts. That's it. Thanks for joining me today on 10 Minute Workday Zen. I hope I've given you some food for thought and brought a little calm to a hectic day. If you do like this podcast, please take the time to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We really depend on our listeners to help us make the show better and to bring it to other ears that can benefit from the stories we share. This podcast is produced by Aiken Entertainment. Music is from www.bensound.com. All rights reserved.